0: Get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Wednesday, December 9th. Do you know why December 9th is a very important day? I'll tell you why, because that is the day that for the first time ever, the Peanuts Christmas special aired. How about that? That's a good piece of little like granular piece of trivia for you. It's also my birthday. So send me your birthday wishes and it's kind of a weird birthday. I don't know what I'm doing. Probably nothing, but which is probably what we did yesterday and the day before and the day before that. Uh, if, if you have a financial question. All you have to do is send us an email, ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. That is what Susan did. And now we are going into one of our favorite categories of conversations. Susan wants to know about mortgage versus paying cash. Okay. So she writes on the podcast, there was a woman who wanted to sell two homes worth three hundred fifty grand and buy land and build a house for seven hundred grand. She asked about getting a mortgage or paying for cash. You recommended getting a mortgage since rates are low. Okay, good. I still like that advice. Susan plans to downsize in about four years, and she was planning to use the equity, about $350,000, to pay cash for another home. Since my move is several years away, can you explain more about how to decide between having a mortgage or paying cash? What interest rate is the tipping point? I'll be semi-retired and my monthly income will be limited, so not having a mortgage will help my cash flow. I'll be 57, so I won't be able to access my traditional IRA. I do have a Roth and a non-qualified brokerage account. 57? Well, I mean, it has to do with how much liquidity you have. Okay, let's just hope you don't have to touch any of the money, either the traditional or the roth. It depends how much money's in that non-qualified brokerage account. Are you going to be able to float your needs through this period between retirement and, say, social security slash Medicare? Are you able to do this whole thing because you'll have a pension? Will you have healthcare set up? You Are, are you a teacher potentially? It's not an interest rate thing as much as a rest of your life thing. And if you tell us more about what's happening in the rest of your life, Susan, I think we could better guide you, okay? All right, next. James is writing about pensions. He writes, Hi, Jill. Thanks so much for the daily podcast. I look forward to listening to it each day. I'm a few years away from retirement. I'd like to get your thoughts on how to handle my company pension option. The company froze the pension several years ago when they increased the 401k matching. and I've been taking advantage of that. The pension does not have a lump sum payout option and it does not adjust for inflation. Since there's no COLA, I'm thinking it might make the most sense to take the 10 year period certain option to go towards our early living expenses. And that will allow us to delay taking social security and allow our other investments to grow. So if everyone just, if you're not familiar with that, a 10 year period payout option means that all the money, that lump sum in that pension or in an annuity gets paid out over 10 years, regardless of whether James is alive or his survivor is alive, meaning spousal survivor, not anyone else. Okay. So James goes on, he says, when I retire at age 62, the pension options I'm looking at are as follows, 10-year period certain option, 45 grand annually, or joint survivor option, 18.5 grand annually, no colon either. Few other details, social security at age 67 will be $38,000 annually. My wife is two years younger than I am. If I delay it 70, it'll be 47,000. Overall portfolio at age 62 will be 2.8 million bucks. Hmm, that's good. Want to spend about 165 grand annually. Current plan, pull from the tax deferred to maximize the 12% bracket each year, then pull the remainder from tax-free. I realize the brackets may change in the future, so this could change. I think that this makes sense. You didn't mention whether your health was good or not, but I'm going to hope that at 62, it is good. Um, So just to clarify, this is how I read your options, that the 45 grand a year would be for 10 years, right? You only get it for 10 years, whether you're alive or whether you predeceased your wife, that you had 10 years, 45 grand a year, 10 years, that's it done. The joint survivor option would be, you would have $18,500 a year for your entire life And it would continue if you predecease your wife for her entire life. So that's why the number is so much lower because that would be, you know, you're getting that income for all those years. I think I like the idea of the 10 year period certain. I think that makes more sense. And in terms of the 165 grand a year, which you could get, I mean, I just think that's a little bit high because if your social security is 38 grand, and looking at you know your withdrawal rate i don't know it, it's it could be a tiny bit high we'll see how your portfolio does and how much it grows too over the 10 years it's right there it's pretty close so i like the idea of the whole game plan i think it's good and i think the 10 year period certain makes sense all right this one is from anonymous who writes hello jill and mark i enjoy your show and have been listening for the past few years I would like to consolidate some accounts and optimize things. I know we have room for improvement. I am 43. My husband is 46 and has moved jobs a few times, and he's now in a place and position that really works. Well, oh, that's great. Okay. His current employer uses T. Rowe Price. He's got a 403B and a 457 plan, and they're both maxed out. Fantastic. Currently valued at $148,000. Next, he's got an old 403B um, with $126,000 and an old 457, 95000 at Lincoln Financial. I think he should do a direct rollover into the T. Row Price accounts. Is there something I'm missing? No, do it immediately because Lincoln Financial, where the old plan is, is not nearly as good as T. Row Price. So absolutely, 100% agree, roll that over, direct rollover. Okay, he also has a 401k with Schwab, and it's valued at about a half a million dollars. It's doing well, it's well managed. We don't think we should move this, should we? Yeah, there's no reason necessarily to do it, so keep it where it is. Okay, she opened a Roth 17 years ago, um, held at a private company. The value to me is non existent, meaning I pay them a fee and get documents, but I could pay fewer fees and still get documents. Should I move this to T Row or someplace else? Or Schwab, how do I transfer? Okay. I think you could do T. Rowe. It doesn't really matter. Or Schwab, either one. Either one, which which platform do you like better? Because this will be a plain old Roth IRA that you have. You could either do T. Rowe Price. You could either do Charles Schwab. Does not matter. So absolutely get it someplace where you can manage it and don't pay fees. And she also has a 403B that's valued at eighty grand and she recently started contributing to a Roth in addition to the 403B. They've got a whole bunch of other stuff. Eight months of emergency reserve, um, no five twenty nines for the kids. We would like to be out of debt. Combined earned annual income of 370 grand. We've got 30 grand in cash. I'd like to purchase index funds at a brokerage firm is it's foolish. I don't know. What's the anti? I don't know why the anti 529. I think you know, funny. She's put two sentences next to each other, Mark. She writes, we don't have 529s for our children. We would like to be out of debt. So I'm wondering if what she's really saying is she's got 30 grand in debt and wants to know, should she pay off a home equity line of credit uh, for home equity loan, which is at 4% or put money in the 529s? She also says that the primary mortgage will be paid off by 2028. Well, here's how I would say that about this. You've got 30 grand in cash. If you're going to invest it, if that's the choice, is I want to invest it, then I would invest it in a 529 plan for the kids. They're 13 and 10. It's the only way that you get to invest tax free. Okay, so that's what I would do with that. You got a, you know, you got a 370 grand in income. You're not getting financial aid, so skip that. So I think if I were gonna do anything, I would probably say put 15 grand each into your 529 accounts that you have not yet opened, but you will. Okay, next. If you were thinking, should I invest it versus pay off my equity loan? I get it. I mean, it's a fixed equity loan at 3.99%. You know, I'm sure that you're probably itching to get that one done. It wouldn't be horrible. I just would, I would rather use a 529. That's what I would do. Julie writes, I love your podcast and I am a faithful daily listener to you and Mark. Your advice is like music to my ears. Mark, isn't that sweet? I'd love your response to my situation. Here it is. I'm almost 39 years old. My husband's 45. No kids, just one sweet kitty. Oh, we got to add, did you add the cat already? That's a cute cat. Um, We've got some catching up to do for retirement. My husband left the military just before 20 years to save his life. Oh, brother. I use my retirement savings to start a business. Mm -hmm. She says, I'm too educated to have made this horrible decision. I can't imagine what I was thinking. (laughs) Our monthly living expenses are quite high. We live in Hawaii. We spend three grand a month on medical treatments for my husband. Mm. They've got medical insurance through his veteran benefits. Three grand is basically what they have to spend out of pocket. So that means their living expenses eleven to twelve grand a month before retirement. We rent our home. Our only debt is three hundred seventy five bucks a month in a car payment. I'm self employed. My income varies. I've averaged about one hundred thirty thousand dollars in net income over the last few years. It's down to ninety. I had to cut way back to take care of my husband. He brings in $3,100 a month in veterans disability, $2,500 in SSDI. So those that's sixty seven dollars a year is tax-free. So total income this year, $157,000. Average income, probably after COVID, one ninety. dollars I have a SEP IRA with $61,000 in a Vanguard target date fund. I invest $18,000 a year into that SEP IRA, and we have seventy dollars in an emergency fund. So here's my question. How do we get on track to retire and what investments make the most sense? SEP IRA for all of it, Roth IRA, should I be doing a Roth conversion? Well, you can't do a Roth conversion because I don't want you to suck up that emergency fund because we need you to have liquidity, especially with someone who has ongoing medical care and needs. I guess the question here is like, how do we really manage retirement? I think you're doing the best that you can do. I think that you really should be Trying to use that SEP IRA as much as possible and make that your focus. And you do the best you can because right now, in looking at your retirement, yes, you'll have Social Security, you'll have the veteran's disability, and you'll have his Social Security. Okay. So those all do add up, and that's like a real number. But essentially, I think you're going to be in a place right now where. you are juggling a bit and these expenses are going to be real. And I don't know if there's anything better than the SEP IRA. You can, you know, you can put more money into the SEP as you make more, but it doesn't seem like there's that much left over for you guys. I'm not sure there's more you should be doing. Mark, am I missing something? Yeah, that's a great point. I, I think that you, it's true. If you maxed out your SEP IRA, and just to remind everyone, a SEP IRA is for folks who are usually self-employed, and you, the limit is uh, 25% of your income up to, uh, let's see, for 2021, it'll be a max of 290000 So she can only put 25% of her income into that. So if she looks at, you know, let's just say in a given year, let's say she was able to put, get 150 grand in income, she'd be able to pop her contribution level up to 25% of that, which would be great, but if for some reason you have wildly fantastic year, you can max out your SEP and you could also do a Roth IRA. I'm so sorry that your husband is needing all of this care. I just think you got to go easy on yourselves. You're doing the best you can. Sounds like your expenses have been skinnied up and you really need to take care of him and take care of yourselves and do the best you can. And I think you are, you know, I should mention, because in this note, she writes that he is disabled and bedridden as a result of his service. So there's a lot here, gang, and the money is the least of it. So I think you're doing a great job. We are very grateful for you writing into us. And frankly, I don't know what it must be like for you, but I hope you're doing some things to, as the caretaker, to make yourself feel better. And if we can just take a tiny bit of your uh, anxiety and worry about the future off of your shoulders, just know you're doing what you should be doing. Okay. Oh, Mark. See that? Doesn't that seem make, put everything in perspective? Yeah, so true. It is very hard to complain, and we don't complain when we read that. So that said, oh, brother, um, be thankful for what you have, gang, because you never know. Life is mercurial. It's tough. People go through so much. So I want to thank you guys for listening. Let's be there for our friends out there, the rest of our community. Let's put our hands on her back to try to make this a better day. So throw some good juju vibes towards Julie. Let's all just like think good thoughts for Julie and her husband. And that'll be what we do today. Remember to wash your hands, to wear your masks, to maintain your physical distancing. And hey, Julie, I hope you feel that the whole Jill on Money community, we're putting our hands collectively on your back. So thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.